Well, good evening. Good to see each one of you back for the evening service. Would you stand with me, please? Let's turn to page number 94. Page number 94. Aren't you thankful that the Lord loves you tonight? Amen. He loves me. He loves me. Page number 94. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my Sovereign die? Would He devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. This I know. To die for me Because he loved me so Was it for crimes that I have done He groaned upon the tree Amazing pity, grace unknown And love beyond decree He loves me, he loves me he loves me, this I know. He gave himself to die for me because he loves me so. Well might the sun in darkness hide and shut his glories in. When Christ the mighty maker died for man the creature's sin. He loves me, He loves me, He loves me, this I know. He gave Himself to die for me, because He loves me so. Thus might I hide my blushing face, while His dear cross appears. Dissolve my heart in thankfulness And melt my eyes to tears He loves me, He loves me He loves me, this I know He gave Himself to die for me Because He loves me so The debt of love I owe Here, Lord, I give myself away Tis all that I can do He loves me, He loves me He loves me, this I know He gave Himself to die for me Because He loves me so amen aren't you glad he loves us tonight amen well i got home and i started thinking about that message this morning and i missed one thing in my notes and i had it in my notes just so you know but there was a third time where god's wrath was revealed from heaven it wasn't just in the rain that came down uh, on the flood, and it wasn't just the fire of Sodom and Gomorrah, it was also on the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. And because of that, because He took our sin and the wrath of God, we can say that the wrath of God is not appointed unto us if we're saved tonight. And what a blessing that was, and, and thinking about that, sure thankful for my salvation tonight, and glad you're here. Let's go to the Lord in prayer uh, tonight and ask God's blessing on our services. Good to have the Douglas family uh, here with us, our missionaries to uh, Brazil. And we got Ronia and Giovanna up here. And uh, mom is at the hospital with her mom. And so pray for Miss Ruth. And of course, they were just here with us at the missions conference uh, back in April, but just a blessing. And sure thankful they're uh, here with us and we're able to be a blessing to them in the missions department. So uh, while they're here, love on them and be a blessing to them. Amen, as I know you will. Brother Jack Parker, would you pray for us uh, tonight? Yes.
Amen. Why don't you be seated uh, tonight? And I just wanted to, uh, of course, mention a few uh, things. Uh, If you have uh, young people, there's a teen activity uh, tonight right after uh, the evening service. And so I think it's sushi night, so I'll probably preach a little longer tonight. So just to keep our kids safe from eating raw. You don't eat bait. You fish with bait. Amen. But anyways, uh, amen. So mercy. Uh, do 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 be much in prayer for that activity, amen. So <laughs> uh, now, this coming uh, Wednesday night, uh, Brother Eric Watson, our assistant pastor, is going to be preaching, and so uh, thankful for him, and I know he'll be a blessing. And then also wanted to mention this coming Thursday as well, August the 25th, uh, if you have kids in Faith Baptist School, don't forget about uh, there is the parent orientation, and that'll be at 6 o'clock over in the uh, fellowship hall, and so I know that will be a blessing. And then, of course, uh, next Sunday night, uh, August the 28th, will be the uh, Linger Longer, and so that'll be following the evening services, and so please bring some finger foods and things like that. No sushi, but bring finger foods, and uh, we'll look forward to a good time of fellowship uh, in the Lord. And then uh, Tuesday night, August the 30th, week from this Tuesday, be the ladies' meeting, and so ladies, those are starting back up, and uh, that'll be at 7 o'clock over in the fellowship hall, and it is a soup and salad And then last but not least, men, don't forget about the Baptist Men's Recharge that will be coming up at the end of September, September the 23rd and 24th. And so, again, the reason I mention that is if any of our men or even young men or any of our team boys would like to go to that, you do need to sign up uh, by August the uh, 28th. And so make sure that you do that. It's out there in the outer foyer. Also wanted to mention this, too. I mentioned this uh, in the morning services, but we do have some thank you cards out there. Uh, for the uh, men who were responsible for getting us a new roof on, on our uh, outer uh, build, uh, outer foyer building there. And so if you'd like to sign that, maybe leave a scripture reference or something like that, those are out there on the table there in the outer foyer uh, as well. Okay, Brother Eric, come ahead tonight and lead us in another song. Let's turn to page 111. Page 111, take the name of Jesus with you. We'll sing the first, second, and last verse together tonight, verses 1, 2, and 4. Take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of woe. It will joy and comfort give you. Take it then where'er you go, precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth. sweet hope of earth and joy of heaven take the name of Jesus ever as a shield from every snare if temptations round you gather breathe that holy name in prayer precious name oh how sweet Hope of earth and joy of heaven, precious name, oh how sweet. Hope of earth and joy of heaven, at the name of Jesus bowing, falling prostrate at his feet. King of kings in heaven will crown him when And joy of heaven, precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven. We have no hope without the name Jesus Christ, amen. Well, it's been a great day to be in the Lord's house today. I'm going to ask my Brother Luke Stewart, would you pray for the offering tonight, please? Amen.
that song, I'm so glad that Jesus loves me. Aren't you thankful Jesus loves you? I'm also thankful that Christ receiveth sinful men because that's you and me. Let's all stand together. Page 231. Christ receiveth sinful men. We'll sing verses 1, 2, and 4 for our last song together tonight. Verses 1, 2, and 4. Sinners Jesus will receive. Sound this word of grace to all. Who the heavenly pathway leave, all who linger, all who fall, sing it o'er and o'er again. Christ receive a sinful man, make the message clear and plain. Christ receive a sinful man, come and he will give you rest trust him for his word is plain he will take the sinful last christ receive a sinful man sing it o'er and o'er again christ receive a sinful man make the message clear and plain christ receive a sinful Man. Christ receiveth sinful man, even me with all my sin. Purged from every spot and stain, and with him I enter in. Sing it o'er and o'er again. Christ receiveth sinful man, make the message clear and plain. Christ receiveth sinful man. Amen. You may be seated this evening. Great singing. At this time, we'll have a special from Ms. Madison Stewart right before the message. precious word of life needing strength for my weary soul how often has the voice of God addressed the sin in me as he draws me close and makes me whole in the darkest hours of life I I've been healed by the word <clears throat> My spirit springs to life anew When I hear from the Lord The voice of God that speaks from the pages The truth of God that stands throughout the ages It's a land A source of comfort, cheer, and my heart's delight. I'm so thankful that I have a Bible. Decisions I have made have been guided by this book. Speaking truth. When I don't know what to do It stands unchanging in a world Where nothing stays the same It's a constant light for whatever we go through It was true back then, it's true today You can build your life upon it the foundation upon which I stand I'm thankful I can say It's the voice of God that speaks from the pages The truth of God that stands throughout 
of comfort, cheer, and my heart's delight. I'm so thankful that I have a Bible. It's my strength in times of temptation. It's where I first learned of God's salvation. Tomorrow when I open up that precious book again, it still will be everything I need. The voice of God that speaks from the pages, the truth of God that stands throughout the of comfort, cheer, and my heart's delight. I'm so thankful that I have a Bible. I'm so thankful that I have a Bible. What a blessing. Tell you, it's just one of my favorite singers around here. It's just a blessing. Sure, glad I got a Bible tonight, aren't you? Let's all stand if you have your Bibles tonight, and I do hope you have one. I hope you brought it with you, and uh, not on your phone or your iPad, but a real Bible. Amen. And and uh, turn turn with me to Joshua in chapter number five tonight, the book of Joshua, and uh, chapter number five. And of course, we've been going through. Uh, the life of, of Joshua, and uh, it's just been a real blessing, and, and trusting that tonight, uh, tonight will certainly be an encouragement and a blessing uh, as well. I, I'm telling you, it's just it's good tonight, and uh, I believe this is uh, what the Lord would have for us. Uh, and so, jo- Joshua in chapter number five tonight. Look at verse number thirteen. <clears throat> and it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. Just could imagine the surprised look there that Joshua had on his face. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord... Am I now come? And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And Joshua, or I'm sorry, and the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Now, if you were here in the life of Moses, I trust that that sounds very, very familiar. Is Jesus your captain? Father, would you bless the preaching tonight? And Lord, I just, just, Lord, just what's on my heart tonight, if I could, as I pray, Lord, just bear that. I I do feel like, Lord, we have gone through some very hard and, and difficult messages and subjects that were no doubt needed from Your Word and, and took some time to expose and to apply and, and preach. But Lord, we come to this passage tonight and it's just a short and very simple study, but yet I think it's so needed because it's so encouraging and Lord, I'm, I'm thankful tonight that we have a captain that's not our adversary, but's for us. And so Lord, help us to respond as Joshua did with worship unto you and obedience unto you. Because Lord, we need you if we're going to have victory. And so Lord, help us tonight to see those things and, and just to chew on some things tonight in a, Lord, in a brief amount of time. 
Lord, speak to us tonight, and I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated uh, tonight. And last week, we uh, kind of jumped back into the life of Joshua after a brief break. We know that Joshua was called to take the place of Moses there in, in chapter 1. And, and then we saw the great testimony of Rahab uh, in chapter 2 and how God would uh, write her future as he, she put her faith in Him. And what a blessing that was. And then we know this, that God has certainly been working in the people of Israel uh, he parted the Jordan uh, River there, and so Israel is now in the land after crossing uh, that river, uh, Jordan River. God uh, parted the waters to confirm Joshua as he did Moses and the Red Sea. But we also know this, that before they went into battle, God gave the command for this generation who had not been circumcised yet to do so. And so we begin to look at that last week. We know this, that that's part of that Abrahamic covenant. It's how Israel would identify themselves as the people of God. But we also saw this, it's how they would consecrate themselves unto God. And so that became the subject that we looked at in this consecration unto God. It is incredibly important because without God... You cannot have victory, and without consecration, you cannot have God. You've got to have God's power, God's hand on your side. But now we come to another important scene here, and it's Joshua meeting with the captain of the Lord of hosts. Now, you've got to understand something tonight. I'm not going to take the time and do this grand Bible study tonight to show us that this is Jesus Christ. You can do that in your own time. But I'm just telling you tonight, it is a theophany or an Old Testament appearance of Jesus Christ. The command to take his shoe off because this is holy ground, so to speak, that is almost, that is almost identical to the command God gave Moses at the burning bush. In Revelation, you understand that angels do not receive worship Yet Joshua bows down and worships right here because it's not an angel, it's Jesus Christ. And if that doesn't do it for you, then keep reading in chapter 6 because it says, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord, all capital letters, talking about Jehovah God, said unto Joshua, and my friend, that's still the captain speaking right there. Because Jesus is Jehovah of the Old Testament. Yeah. Where do you think he got all that blood on his armor from in Revelation 19? It's from all these battles he's going to win for Israel. So you understand, friend, I'm just telling you. And listen, don't, don't sit here tonight and go, well, wait a minute. I thought he was created and, and he didn't exist until his incarnation. No, 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 my friend. He's the eternal son of God. This is Him appearing before His incarnation in the New Testament. Listen, He left the glories of heaven and was born of a virgin. He was already in existence. He always has been and always will be because He's the eternal Son of God. But again, here's the point of this passage tonight. You cannot have victory without consecration, but, but here's the other thing. You cannot have victory without leadership. You've got to have a captain tonight, and that captain must be the Lord Jesus Christ. I was thinking about, as I was chewing on this on the way home this afternoon, and I was thinking about when my son, who just turned 17 yesterday and is about that tall, but I, I remember the days when he was like that tall. And that was back when he was cute. I don't know what happened to him, but anyway. So preacher, he looks like just like you. I know, pray for him, amen. He, he needs a lot of prayer. But I remember every year when I was pastoring in Cassville, when he was a little fella coming up, and uh, he got old enough where he could play uh, football there for the Mighty Mites, uh, the little Mighty Mite football team down there. We signed him up, man. He wanted to play uh, every year. And I can remember the first uh, cut two seasons. He ended up playing four seasons there. But I remember the first two seasons and... And uh, uh, started, you know, started taking him out there that first season. And I met all the coaches, and they were all dads 
uh, and their kids were playing on the team, and so they were, you know, they were running all the drills with them and stuff. And I remember when they got the playbook, you know, which was basically a, a copy of a bunch of papers stapled together and handed it to, you know, all the coaches, and they started going through there and, and teaching the kids how to run the plays and, and, and things like that. And I listen, I'm, I'm telling you, those kids, they loved, they loved the games. They, they practiced uh, hard. But, but you got to understand the coaches, man, and they did. They had a great time, and I'm not knocking them in any way, shape, or form. But the coaches, man, they were just a bunch of dads. They, didn't have, they, they needed some guys to coach, and so they jumped out there and said, hey, I'll coach, and I'll help, and, and I can spend time with my son, and we can have a great time, and they did. But I'm telling you, they, man, they struggled throughout the season, and they didn't win uh, very many games. But in his third year, there was a guy who specifically coached that age group every year. And he knew what he was doing. I mean, he was way better than, you know, just playing Madden football on Xbox or something like that. You know, he knew what he was doing. And so we took him, you know, and all of a sudden you saw practice get real serious. And I mean, banging heads and stuff, and it was awesome. But here's what else happened. They saw it translate to the games and they started winning and be a fact if I'm not mistaken they they their first season man I they, they went undefeated I don't know if y'all went undefeated or not I think I might have lost one game but I know this they went to their soup their Super Bowl and they won the thing now I'm just now here's the point of what I'm trying to say to you tonight it was the same group of kids every year the same parents the same that they, they were talented kids no doubt so what was the difference between the first and second year with the third and the fourth year that led to so much winning? Well, here's what I would say to you is the difference. Leadership. Leadership. And really, that's the point of our text. Though Joshua and the people have consecrated themselves, they still face enemies far greater than them And so, therefore, they need a plan, they need guidance, they need leadership, they need a captain. And this is where Jesus Christ comes in, both for them as well as us tonight. And think about this, and I want you to think about this. You don't come up with a plan to march around the city of Jericho once a day and then seven times on the seventh day and the walls come tumbling down. Joshua's not going to come up with that plan. That's God's plan. And I know we would all sit back and go, wow, that was just awesome. No, we did. We would all think, man, that's the craziest thing I ever heard. I'll guarantee you, old General MacArthur in World War II never thought anything like this. But it worked. You know why? Because it was God's plan and the people did what God said. Does anybody get what I'm saying? And it's the same way, my friend, with victorious living in the New Testament. You don't come up with things like denying self and coming to church Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and godly living and witnessing to the lost and tithing and and giving to missions and so on and so forth. No, that's not stuff that we would come up with, but it is God's plan. And again, it works. And I'm just saying to you tonight that if you strike out on your own attempting to live the Christian life in your own power with your own plan, you will fail and live in defeat. You need a captain. You need a captain. You need someone. And by the way, he's already proven his qualifications. Listen, he rose from the dead, thus giving us victory over death and hell. So that means tonight that if you want eternal life and you want forgiveness of sins and you want to make sure that heaven is your home, well, it starts with coming to the captain. Come on, he's the only one with the authority to grant us eternal life. Muhammad's still dead in the ground. Mary's still dead in the ground. Joseph Smith's still dead in the ground. Buddha's still dead in the ground. There's only one who rose from the dead. And his name is Jesus Christ. But here's the other thing, if you, want, if you want victorious living, you must come to Jesus Christ, and you must follow Him. Think about this, He was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. Well, that sounds like victory, doesn't it? No, no, I'm not saying tonight we'll ever reach a place where we'll never sin and have this perfect life. No, 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 it's not going to happen, but you can still have a victorious life. By humbling yourself and following the, the captain. And also think about this, and this is what really got me, was you got to consider the context here. The appearance of the captain shows us 
that the consecration that we looked at in the previous verses, listen to this, it's not enough. It's not enough. Separation, which is what consecration means. It means separation. It means to be set aside or set apart, consecrated unto God. It, that's good, but watch this. It has to be, now listen to this, it can't just be just consecration or just separation. It has to be separation unto God. Come on, if you got just consecration or just separation, you only got one half of the formula here. Is anybody catching this? And, and so I'm just telling you, that, that's what I, I used to be. I'll give you an example. I, I used to take people with addictions through what's called the Hope Ministry. It's an addictions program, and it just stands for this, Hope, H-O-P. It stands for Helping Others Put Off Entanglements. And it's a wonderful uh, ministry tool and, and things like that that gives people the instruction and the help that they need. But listen to this. One of the principles of the hope ministry that they give you is this. And I want you to listen to this. It says this. After removing addictions, you must replace them with godly actions. After removing addictions, you must replace them with godly actions. Do you know, do you know why that principle is so important? Because here's the idea. You can't consecrate and get rid of the addiction. You, you can do that. But if you don't consecrate unto God and fill, it, fill, your, fill that void up with something of God, what will happen is this, you're only here and you'll end up going right back to it. You get wicked music out of your life, put some godly music in it. You get rid of some, godly friend, or some wicked friends, young, te- uh, young people, put some godly friends in your life. I- I'm just telling listen, you... You, you, take, you take stuff that you're doing out of your life that's getting you in trouble and call. Listen, put some godly things in it, like come to church and read your Bible and spend time in prayer. Is anybody getting these things? I'm just telling you tonight, it's the same idea that you and I are, are seeing here. I want you to hold your place there in Joshua 5 and go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number 6. Second Corinthians chapter number six. All right, keep it down back there, Dorothy Sue. Look at look at verse number seventeen. Okay, this again, Paul dealing with the church at Corinth here, but and, and certainly brings out some tremendous principles here about how you cannot have concord with Christ and, and Belial and, and, and all of these things. There, there has to be this separation. So here's how he concludes it in verse number 17. He says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Now watch this. That's consecration, isn't it? That's separating. That's coming out. All right? But, but now we'll look at verse number 18. Notice the next part of this. He says, and I will receive you, verse number 18, and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord. Did you, did you catch that? See, it's not just enough to say, okay, this is in my life, and I want to have victorious living. That, that's what the promised land is a type of, isn't it? It's not salvation, it's victorious living. This is something for the saved tonight, to separate and apart from those things that are keeping us from serving God to our fullest, fullest ability and capability tonight, and to come out from those things. But don't just stop there. Come out from those things and unto the Lord. Yeah, consecrate yourself, but come to the captain, the Lord Jesus Christ. See, that's, that, that's the idea here. See, consecration, consecration alone is not enough. Self-discipline is not enough. You must have a walk with the captain and follow him. Just got two quick things for you tonight, okay? I can't believe it. I know. I, I can't either. I had like, I think like, I don't know, 14 pages of notes, and I got eight tonight. Now, normally that doesn't mean anything, but I am actually going to be pretty short tonight, believe it or not. Because here's what you need to know from this passage, and I don't want you to miss this. Number one tonight, you need to know this. The captain is for us. (laughs) This is so good. The captain is for us tonight. 
Look, look at verse, uh, go back to Joshua chapter number 5. Hopefully held your place there. And, and look at verse number 13. Now I want you to just, just let's chew on this a little bit tonight. Look at this. It says, and it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, <clears throat> there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, now notice the question here, art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord, am I now come? Now again, I'm just, I, I'm just telling you tonight, you've got to vision this in your own mind. But I, I can't imagine the, the fear of Joshua as he sees this man with a sword drawn. I mean, this is why he asked if he is, are you for us or are, are you against us? But what a relief and an encouragement in verse number 14. It must have been as the captain reveals who he is, but also why he is there. He is captain of the hosts of the Lord, and he's not there to oppose Joshua. He's there to help Joshua. And it's no different for us today. The Lord's not against you and me. He's for you. I said the Lord's not against you and me. He's for us tonight. He wants us to have victory tonight. He wants us to live for Him. And, and here's how both us and Joshua, even Joshua here know this. And I want you, to, want you to think about these things. Certainly one of those would be this, that in our moments of greatest need, He's there. In our moments of greatest need, He's there. What on earth is going on? We got babies crying, phones going off. Everybody that's making noise, go to the nursery. Good, great. Son. So number one, in our moments of greatest need, He is there. I'm trying to be an encouragement tonight and the devil's just fighting, amen. So look at, the verse, look at verse number 13 though. Stay with me here. Look at verse number 13. He says, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. All right, so I want you to catch this. Joshua was alone near Jericho. Now, what do you think he was doing? He's sizing it up. He's planning it out and trying to figure out how we're going to do this. And though Joshua was the leader, and I want you to listen to this, though Joshua was the leader in the battle against Amalek during the days of Moses, Jericho and the other enemies within the land would be a fight like he has never fought before. Joshua is out here alone contemplating his next move. And no doubt, if you were in his shoes or I was in his shoes, we would be filled with questions. We would be struggling to find answers. We would be stressed. Can you imagine the amount of responsibility as all of this one or two or three million people of Israel are looking at him and saying, how, is, how are we going to do it? I know we just went through the Jordan River, but how are we going to do this? And how are we going to attack the, this city? And so this is the pressure and, and the moment that Joshua is in. It is a moment of great need. And as Joshua is in great need, here comes the captain. And again, this shows you why consecration alone isn't enough because here's why there's going to be moments of great need in our lives and our decisions within the midst of them will determine whether we go on to victory or we give up in defeat and the one who is alone will get discouraged and quit but the one who has the captain knows He's there. Man, that's good. Come on now. I, listen, I, I, I can testify tonight that in the moment, listen, in the most difficult moments of life, the captain has never failed me. He's never failed me. I could sit here tonight, I'm just telling you, I could have filled up all those empty pages with stories tonight to tell you. I can remember when God called me to preach and I, we, we were moving from the Panhandle of Florida and up to Springfield, Missouri to train for the ministry and go to Bible college. I didn't have a clue what we were doing. We had just built a house and God allowed us to sell it. And 
We come into Springfield. I remember the weekend that we came up to meet with the realtor and find a, a house. And we were driving around. And we would get on the west side of Springfield, and there'd be this real nice neighborhood, Jackson Estates. And I said, why don't you drive in there, and let's see if we can find us a house in there. And she looked on her thing and said, nope, there's no houses for sale in there. And I said, all right. And we'd go look in this other neighborhood next to it and ride around. We'd look at that house, and we'd come back. You sure? Let's just drive through that neighborhood. No, let's, no there's nothing. Okay. Man, I, I pestered that lady for three days, and on the third day, because we had looked at so many houses, she was to her wits end with me. And we went by Jackson Estates, and I said, let's drive in there and just see. All right. We pulled in there and went around the corner and down the street, and here we come on two houses sitting side by side, got realtor signs out front. Come to find out they were owned by another realtor who, had, who had, uh, hadn't put them on the market yet. And she called him and said, yeah, we, we can sell them. And we bought one. Don't tell me God ain't in that. I told her if she'd just listened to the man of God, we'd have, been all, we'd, have, we'd have got it done Friday. We'd have had Saturday and Sunday and Monday to goof off. We could have went to Steal Your Dollar City and Lambert's Cafe and all. It's amazing. And I think about how God moved us to Cassville, Missouri. And man, how He just took care of every need. And how God brought us up here and just met every need. And, every, and, and just was such a... Listen, I could sit here tonight and I... Listen, and I'm not just talking about those times... Where he provided, I, I I learned I learned I learned of his faithfulness and his grace and his encouragement in those early years of, of ministry in the dark valleys and when I struggled with false expectations and battled, God was always there. He was always there to lift the burdens and and give me needs. Some of the trials that we've even been through as of late, God's always been right there. I was thinking about just a couple of years ago, I guess it was, two or three, and buried my last grandparent, and then Natalie lost all three of her grandparents in one year. And an aunt, Aunt Kim, went home to be with the Lord. And then this past December, we were praying for my stepdad, and God called him home, and I was thinking about, man, how I'm just... I'm not ready for this, and I'm not ready to deal with all of these things. And I, I'm just telling you, but the captain was ready. And I can't, I can't sit here tonight and explain to you the peace that came over my soul in dealing with all of this and the grace and driving all the way there and meeting with the funeral home as soon as we got into town and having the funeral the next day. God just put it all together, took care of everything, was able to preach to family and friends and people I hadn't seen in 20, 30 years and got to preach the gospel. I'm just telling you, I'm sure glad the captain was in charge. And there are some here tonight who's gone through far greater times of need. And you can testify tonight and say this, He's always there. He's faithful. In the greatest times, of, listen, in our greatest moments, in our greatest needs, the captain is always there to give us what we need. And here's what I like. He always appears as what we need. Jesus is the great shepherd and bishop of our souls. But Joshua didn't need a shepherd. Joshua needed a soldier. And here's the Lord Jesus Christ as they're about to go into battle. And the Lord Jesus is standing there. I mean, listen, he uh, describes him as a man. Because, I mean, you understand, it wasn't anything miraculous or strange or anything. Joshua was just given a description, but I can't help that that sword he was holding was a two-edged sword. Mm-hmm. But this is the wonder of our Savior. He can be whatever you need Him to be. If you're hungry tonight, He's the bread. To the thirsty, He's the living water, and you'll never have to thirst again. To those battling tonight, He's the captain. If you're discouraged tonight, He's the courage. If you're weak tonight, He's the strength. If you're searching tonight, He's the wisdom. If you're in a storm tonight, He's the peace. If you're brokenhearted tonight, He's the comforter. If you're lonely tonight, he's the friend. I'm just telling you, listen, the list goes on and on and on, friend, because I'm telling you, he's always there. And he's always there with exactly what we need. In fact, I would even say this, his word also confirms these things to be true. As Joshua questions the captain, the captain gives his word, declaring that he is for Joshua and the people of God. And just like his word His word still declares those things. And yes, you understand tonight, 
There are warnings from the Word of God. We certainly saw one of those in our service this morning in Romans chapter 1. Well, why? Because man has a positive nature towards sin. But at the same time, there are also the promises of God as well. Uh, the promises of His Word. God wants us to have victory. He wants us to live for Him. He wants us to have His power in our life. And His Word declares those things. In Romans chapter 8, and I, you don't have to turn there tonight. I'll just read it to you. But I love this passage in Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? <laughs> he that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine nakedness or peril or sort as it is written for thy sake we are killed all the day long we are counted as sheep for the slaughter nay in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angel nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord I don't think I need to spend any more time there because Paul covered it all, didn't he? <laughs> Boy, we could just go to countless passages tonight in the Word of God. The hairs upon our head are numbered. I mean, listen, God loves you and me. He's for us. He cares for us. The Word of God declares it through and through and through. His faithfulness, His grace towards His people. Why? Because He's for you and me. He's our captain and He wants us, listen, He wants us to have victory. But here's the thing you need to understand tonight. You need Him. I said you need Him. And that's really the second thing here because look at what happens in chapter or verse number 14 of Joshua 5. It says, And He said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord, am I now come? And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And Joshua, or I'm sorry, and the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. See, the captain's for us, but you've got to catch this tonight. You've got to be for the captain too. Do you you know this tonight? Every relationship is a two-way street. Every relationship. Where there's communication one way, there must also be communication the other way. Listen, what what kind of relationship would I have with my wife if she was the only one that talked and I never communicated with her? Now, she'd enjoy that for a couple of days. But after a while, she'd want me to speak to her. I'll tell you this, if that was the way it was, we wouldn't have survived 25 years. The point is this, it's the same way with, the walk, with our walk with God, our captain. It cannot be one-sided. In other words, we can't sit here tonight and go, okay, God's for us, and so we'll just do whatever we want to do. That's not how this works. That's not what leads to victory. Now, notice Joshua's response here. This needs to be our response as well. See, just as we know the captain is for us by the things he says and, and when and how He appears, there are some things we can do to demonstrate that we are for Him. Please catch this tonight. And it was even, I'm telling you, it's amazing how this message tonight dovetails with the message last week and even our Bible study night in men's Bible study. But please catch this. Lip service alone is not enough tonight. It's not enough. There must be these things. And I want you to watch this. Look at the second half of verse number 14. It says, And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship. In worship. You understand, if we're for the captain, then what should should demonstrate that is our worship towards him. When when, when, When he realized who the captain was and why he came, Joshua's immediate response was to get on his face and worship him. That's good worship right there. Joshua didn't go, oh, it's the captain, it's the captain. 
puke. No, Joshua got on his face and worshiped God. Humility. It was as if Joshua was praising him and thanking him. I am so thankful that you showed up when you did. I don't know what I would have done. I didn't have a plan. The pressure of these people and my responsibility was so incredibly heavy. And I'm telling you, listen, he, he, was, exactly, <laughs> he was exactly what Joshua needed. And the point is, the captain is still worthy of our worship. He's worthy enough for us to set aside some time in our private lives and give Him the glory. He's worthy of that. Well, preacher, you don't understand. No, you don't understand the captain. Well, preacher, I mean, I have to get up this time in the morning. Yeah, but he's worth it. It's, it's, he's worthy for us to spend time thanking him and praising him for being there when we need him, his goodness and his grace toward us. Listen, but he's also worthy of our public worship too, isn't he? Oh, come on now, listen, it's, it's worth it to be in church. And it's worth it to hear from his word. And it's worth it to open up our heart and let Him speak and to challenge us and change us. And by the way, it's even worth it every now and then to drop the pride and come to an old-fashioned altar and respond when He speaks. It's worth it. Personal and public worship is our way of praising and thanking Him for His goodness and faithfulness to us. So, it, but, but here's the thing. It's not just our worship towards Him that demonstrates that we're for the captain. It's also our willingness to obey. Look at what happens. So he falls on his face. Joshua does. He falls on his, fell on his face to the earth in verse number 14 and did worship. But then notice he said, He said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his... What's that word right there? The general just said, I'm a servant. And the captain of the Lord, uh, captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua in verse 15, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua didn't, Joshua went, whatever. No. Yes, sir. The captain spoke. Despite being the leader of Israel, Joshua didn't think it beneath him to refer to himself as servant and ask the captain what he would like for him to do. And when the captain requested for him to remove his shoe and, and to step off the holy ground out of respect for it, Joshua did it. Well, why? Because though Joshua was the general, the captain was really the one in charge. <laughs> Joshua reminds us that we cannot have the attitude that we are above obedience to the Word of God. Did you catch that? Let me say that again. Joshua reminds us that we cannot have the attitude that we are above obedience to the Word of God. No title or age group has an exemption. Well, I'm the pastor. Well, yeah, guess what? Just like the people need to obey God's word, the pastor needs to obey God's word. And yes, the young people need to obey God's word. But so too do the older people. Now here's the last thought, and I'm done tonight. Be be careful. Again, be careful tonight that you don't embrace the philosophy of so many today that this two-way street doesn't matter. Catch that? The captain will be faithful. And so I can do whatever I want. Well, yeah, the captain can be faithful. But you also need to understand he can faithfully chasten. Because He's for you and He wants you to have victory. And you need to consider this, and this is certainly what I thought of as we get ready to go into chapter number 6 and the battle at Jericho. 
had Joshua not responded the way that he did here, when he realized who the captain was and what it, why he had come, he most likely wouldn't have got the plan to defeat Jericho in the next chapter. And the point is, is that before victory ever began to take place, Joshua had to, had to establish this type of relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Catch this, one of worship and one of obedience. Let me tell you, let, let me tell you something tonight. Listen, listen to me. If you really want to live in victory in your life, it's not enough just to go halfway and consecrate. You need to consecrate unto the Lord and establish a walk with Him. He is for you, but you got to be for Him. And that's what leads to victory. Can I ask you something tonight? Is the Lord Jesus your captain? Not lip service. Is he really your captain? Well, how do you know that, preacher? Well, are you worshiping him? Are you following him in obedience? Because that's when he's your captain. Let's all stand tonight.